As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome to Mavs Sports Take. It is episode 64, brought to you by One Institution. Thank you all so much for joining us live here where we are the unmuzzled sports talk. A lot of the things that you hear about in the sports world, a lot that you do not, focusing solely on the business of sports. We are live, of course, so we would like to thank you for joining us. And if you could like, share, subscribe, and rate this podcast, if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, we would very much appreciate that. On today's show, we have Mr. Mike Riddleman popping on with me to talk some College Gridiron Showcase doings, happenings, so less than 60 days away. And then I'll be taking some NFL draft questions as well in the second half of the show. Before we begin, would you be a, a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? If you answered yes, then why not secure coaching from them from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for the recruiting process. With limited scholarships given each and every year, having a pointed recruiting plan helps our clients secure their opportunities to play collegiate sports. Focus on the transcripts, the film, leadership, and more to get your goals set and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals for 2022. Contact us today at mavericksportsconsulting.com. Mike, brought you on, and uh, you notice a part of that ad read was Slippery Rock University. That was actually not a poke at you. That was just what was in the ad. So I swear, I was not making fun of you there, even though I, I believe you this PA. time, Ryan. I believe you this time. I, I know you're a big PA guy, so whenever we can slip the rock in there, you know, we got to uh, slip I, it in there. You, you know what? It's not even my alma mater. It's my wife's alma mater. So Really? Really? Yes. What, what's the mascot of Slippery Rock? I don't even know that. It's a lion because they call it Rock Pride. I, 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 I know I don't understand that, but very cliche, very yeah. cliche. I like it though. I like it though. And I, Mark, I honestly kidding aside for a second. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, as always, I really, really do appreciate it. Cause I had you on a, what was a couple months ago, right? We were kind of yeah. just talking about the 
history of the College Gridiron Showcase and your obviously role with it, you being the director of scouting and uh, player personnel for the event. Um, we had you on the live earlier today on the uh, Twitter spaces. And was it, did you say it was your fifth College Gridiron Showcase? This will be that? my uh, sixth, I believe. This will be your sixth one. Okay, it's your sixth one. Could be wrong. So, Mike, yeah. So let me ask you, we're obviously now in November here where the scouting process has taken an epic leap to now invites are out. We're trying to yep. try to fill out the board. Looking back on your role with the event over the last couple of years and how you feel like it has evolved from the scouting perspective, what do you feel like are some of the biggest differences and what are some things that you would say have kind of just stayed the same throughout the process that's been consistent? Yeah, so I, I, first and foremost, I want to say that the difference in a good way is we've brought great people on our scouting team. Um, you know, yourself, uh, Gina Camilleri, Michael Shotney, uh, Jason Tabbitt, to name a few. Um, you know, Jose and Craig, uh, you know, are, are the two co-founders. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a team effort. You know, it, it really is a team effort. And Every week we get on the call, we, we, we discuss it. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to bring in 300 to 400 players, you know, good quality players to get a look at. Um, what has stayed the same, I think, is our, you know, what our, what our bread and butter is, you know, that fourth through seventh round undrafted free agent type of player. I mean, um, you know, we're trying to give those guys a look, uh, an opportunity, uh, those, uh, you know, Sleeper guys, if you t- say so much, I mean, I, you know, those guys who are on the radar, you know, move the needle a little bit. Uh, so I think that's that's where we still keep our quality at um, and our value and our core values of the of the event. Yeah, and I think that's what's really stuck out to me, obviously working. And I, I try to be as comprehensive as possible. So, I mean, my goal for this draft cycle is three, 300 to 350 scouting reports because I want to kind of get as many players and as in-depth as I possibly can. For me, Mike, and I would love your your comment on this. I think that's what's the most rewarding and positive part about working with the College Ground Showcase is like people act like they are grinders, right? And they act like they know the draft class in and out. But when we're doing the work on these guys that were like, honestly, the scouts make their money on day three. So when we're talking yeah. about finding those guys and we're talking about really looking deep into the class and going, I mean, four or 500 deep, I would say is a pretty safe <laughs> you know, assessment on that. How rewarding is it for you? Because I, I think it's the biggest thing for me is the fact that like when people say like, oh, you you really do know this class. I, I think I really do because I have really, in my opinion, done the homework to try to find those quote unquote hidden gems. Right. I, you know, the biggest and best thing about CGS is that we're here for the athletes. We're here for the kids, here for the kids. And, um, you know, it's rewarding to see them get an opportunity, whether it be drafted, un, undrafted free agent contract, you know, mini camp rookie invite, whatever it is. It's an opportunity, um, whether it be at the NFL, CFL, indoor league, arena league, whatever. But it, it's an opportunity they didn't have before. Um, you know, it's giving NFL and CFL teams uh, information on, on, on these prospects that, you know, they might not have had the opportunity to. So it's the opportunity to be helping in every way, which, which way or form, um, you know, it, 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 we do our homework. We, we try to do our homework. I mean, <laughs> you can only watch so much film. You can only, uh, you know, read so many reports and all that, but when you have a great team like we do, and you can attest to this, Ryan, you're part of the team. Um, you know, the, we're very, uh, the communications on par and, uh, 
you know, it's, it's great to see. It's, it's a great team effort and um, it's, it's grown ever since. And I know, so kind of for some context, we always have our scouting meetings Thursday night. If Mike would just like stick to football, like we would get out of there a lot quicker. But, you know, it just kind of drove on a little bit there. Um, oh man, uh, that was a gut punch right there, Ryan. So uh, it no, it's, uh, I'm not the one trying to stick to the topic for, for the most part, but anyway, no, it's it, 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 like I said, it, it's a great team effort. Um, our, our group is awesome. Uh, we're, we're, our board is developing nicely, and um, you know I'm excited, and I, I'm sure you are too, Ryan. Um, you know your first year coming to CGS and being a part with it, so it'll, it'll be exciting. And hope anyone can come down. You know, draft media, media, um, you know coaches, whatever, just to watch the event. I mean, it, it's it's grown. It's grown, and, and we got a lot of exciting things going on. Yeah, and that's that's um, something that I'm really looking forward to is obviously getting down there. And like you said, this we want to kind of make this the hub yeah. of draft media, of media in general. Come down. We have three to 400 players that are there, whether you are a local media, if somebody working for the – the college program or whether you are national media, I think that there's a lot of value that comes out of it. What is it like down there, Mike? Because we're talking Dallas, Fort Worth, obviously a major city. Uh, what is there to go do down there, man? Like what, what are some things, what are some of your favorite pastimes during CGS week? Oh man, it, it, it's, it's a uh, football nuts heaven, uh, so to speak. Uh, talk with coaches, talk with uh, athletes, talk with the agents down there, uh, kind of mosey around, talk with the teams, you know, uh, great thing. Uh, the barbecue, the barbecue is awesome. And, uh, my wife and I, my wife came down last year and we, we had a chance to eat some good barbecue. Um, but no, like I said, going back to the football nut stream, uh, just being able to talk ball, learn, I think in, in the sport of football, whether you're a coach, media, personnel person, uh, is be able to learn from other people. If you're, if you're not learning, you're not growing. So, I always try to grow and learn something new when I come down to CGS. And I think that's one of the lost parts about scouting is I feel like some older scouts, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but like some of them kind of get set in their ways and they kind of just see the game the way that they had known it. But the game is ever evolving defensively, offensively, it is changing. And I feel like the best evaluators kind of change with the times, I would say. So kind of the last couple things I want to ask you before I get out of your mic, be unappreciated. Ask away, Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm here all day for you. Oh, all day, are you? So you'll be here until 9 o'clock tonight on this stream? Like, is that, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> if, you, if you need to be, if, are, you, are you feeding me or what? Well, I'm, I'm, not going out to, I'm not going near Pittsburgh. I don't like it out there. So Wow. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. Wow. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So um, I think the other angle, we talked about three to 400 players that will be down mm-hmm. there. Obviously, it is going to be swamped outside of media also with – Sorry, someone just threw something at me. We're live here on Matt Sports Takes. So if you if I almost get hit by a, a, a Hershey kiss, that apparently almost happened. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. That was yeah, it just threw me off a little bit. So aside from the three to four hundred players that come out to the College Grand Iron Showcase, we're all, we're also talking about obviously coaches both at the events and for, for the evaluation process. We're talking about scouts. We're talking about agents. How has that pool grown from you over the years? Because I don't think like the first year we were probably there, you're like, oh, I had this small list of like agents that I'm talking to. And I'm sure that it has exponentially grown into a chasm. Is that the right word? Chasm of knowledge <laughs> and contact information. 
Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, tr- I try to network with everyone. Uh, try to introduce myself to everyone, agents, coaches, director of player personnel, you know, um, you know, just make them aware of who we are at the, at CGS. And I like to think I'm a, a personable guy. So, I mean, heck you met me. So it's, it's look, look, look how we've grown as a relationship right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a very easy person to get along with if you didn't know. So <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Anyway, it, yeah, I mean, just networking, being able to say, okay, this is what we provide. This is how we run the event. And, um, you know, uh, it's been awesome. Even with the other All-Star Games, talking with Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl, Eric Galco of the Shrine, uh, Dane Vandernet of the PA, talking with those guys, you know, just uh, – are, are you paying attention, Ryan? I'm sorry. I am. I promise. I really am. People, people in the background. This is what happens when you do a live show. Sometimes people try to to interrupt your train of thought and to uh, mess you up. So I am listening to every word you said, Jim Nagy, oh, Eric Alco. I'm listening, sir. Go ahead. And and Dane over the NFLPA and talking with them. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's been awesome to be in the role I've in I've been in, and then Jose and Craig have done so much uh, as mentors for me, teaching me a lot of the stuff, and then. You know, it, it's, it's been good. And then being able to meet people like you, Ryan, you know, your smiling face every single day, who's laughing a mile a minute right now on a live podcast. Well, I, you know, I'm always in a good mood if you haven't noticed that as well. So uh, last thing I will ask, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really apologize because I really do value your time. Um, last thing I would ask is we're less than 60 days away, obviously mm-hmm. from the event. First and foremost, how excited are you? And I think the second layer to that would be, the fact that, you know, it's getting real here. Um, how, how has the sleep schedule been for you trying to figure out the, the, the roster of this game, kind of everything that is revol- revolving around putting this game on? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, sleep, is, uh, sleep is rare usually around this time. Um, from like 5 o'clock in the afternoon until about 11 o'clock at night, usually taking phone calls, chatting with agents, players, coaches. Uh, I'm actually getting ready. I'm actually painting a nursery right now. I'm, uh, my wife and I are expecting our, our first child in March. So add that on top. Um, you know, so we're in, then the, the work schedule as well. And, you know, so it's, it's a bustle. It, it's a, it's a grind, you know, uh, but it, it's a labor of love and I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, definitely am. I, I think this year's event, is, is, is going to be, you know, exciting to watch with the medical testing, the personality testing and the ability to have prospects through under 400 prospects have that because there's only so, so many spots at the combine. And with the influx of prospects this year, um, you know, all the information that you can get on a prospect, I mean, for these prospects to take advantage of that, that's, that's, that's huge right now. Yeah, and I, I, my, my last question for you was going to kind of be a closing statement about some of the partnerships that CGS is a part of. And you kind of mentioned yeah. it there a little bit. DEXA scan, we're talking about TAPS test for the, yep. for the uh, psychological side of everything. Reisner, yep. Reisner, yep. So if, um, I think we kind of covered that a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to ask you just before I get on to the second segment. And again, thank you so much for your time. Yep. Is there anything closing that you want to kind of leave the people with, players out there that are prospective 
players that may eventually choose the game? Like what, what are some things that you're excited about? Some of the partnerships if you want to mention them, like what is kind of just the overlying last message you want to leave? The, the Absolutely. So, and we touched on it. The, the medical testing aspect is huge, is absolutely huge. Uh, the personality with riser testing and all that. Uh, we had a wonder look at our event last year. I, I, I have to double check if uh, a, a team is going to uh, host that again for us. Uh, and then tracking football is huge. The data we gain from Mark and his team is absolutely huge in our evaluation process. And they've been working with NFL teams as well. Uh, if you have any questions, agents, coaches, players, please reach out to me on social media. Uh, I'd be happy to talk with you. Uh, our selection process is still ongoing. Uh, I know we're only in November. It's a long process. You know, we have till January 7th, uh, January 8th of the event. Uh, we're still evaluating prospects and, you know, it's, it's an ongoing process and uh, we're, we're excited about it. Again, here joined by Michael Riddleman, the director of scouting and player personnel for the college ground showcase. Mike, appreciate you hopping on. If you are listening live, the next segment will be tonight. We're probably taking some mailbag questions to the NFL draft next on Mad sports take episode 64. We are now moving in to our NFL draft uh, mailbag section. Before we do, have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, or like this yet? No. What's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? Probably access to companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their own likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at mavericksportsconsulting.com so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is unlimited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We help all our clients achieve their goals. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. So we're moving into the mailbag section. Unfortunately, David Turner is not with us tonight. Therefore, I get the free reign to talk some 2022 NFL draft. So I had a mailbag that I put out on Twitter at Rise and Draft a couple days ago. I got a lot of questions back. So I want to roll through a few of these questions and, uh, yeah, try to answer as much as I can about the 2022 NFL draft. So I started out someone, let's say, Mark Roberts at Aggie underscore Mark ask. You were higher on Tyree Johnson than most preseason, and he's really put it together this year. Selfishly wish he'd come back, but have no idea where he's graded. Can he get to day two? So Tyree Johnson, of course, being the defensive and outside linebacker, stand-up rusher from Texas A&M, right around six foot two and a half, 235 pounds in the spring with 33-inch arms. For me, I was I I and I agree, Mark. I was definitely a lot higher on Tyree Johnson than most. Um, and I will say the reason for this is when I'm evaluating pass rushers, specifically guys that are working off of the edge, I am looking for some of those unteachables when you're talking about the speed and the bend to the position. There are guys that win in completely different ways. There's guys that know how to reduce angles and use their power profile and use their speed to power. And if that is your game, that is fantastic. But for me, when I watch a guy like Tyree Johnson, he has, for me, some rare ability 
to corner and and really reduce his angle and to be able to flip his hips and be able to have bends in his ankles and knees. So I was a big fan of him because I think there's some unteachables. And when you add in the ability to have those unteachables move into coaching at the NFL level that is just flat out better than college, then we're talking about something potentially special. So I am very high on Tyree Johnson. Um, NFL-wise, he is somewhere in the early day three to mid-day three range. So I would say fourth to fifth round is probably where the NFL values him right now. Uh, But I think Tyree Johnson, if he continues to go on a tear that he has for Texas A&M, right now he's leading the team in sacks and among the nation's leaders. If he ends the year on a a high note and then he gets into bowl season and he tests well, I think there's a day two possibility. I think third round is very possible. I think some will look at him and say like he's a smaller stand-up rusher. So for some defense, he he might not fit perfectly into their scheme. But I really do think that he has day two potential for teams that value that type of edge presence, that type of speed. So Tyree Johnson, definite day two possibility, end of day two. But I think more firmly fourth to fifth round grades across the NFL for a guy like Tyree Johnson. Next question we had, Sean Cummings asks, and that is at underscore I'm sorry, the underscore cat underscore daddy asks, which positions do you think will have more round one selections if 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 either running back or linebacker? So do I think do I think there's gonna be more linebackers? Or do I think there's gonna be more running backs? That's actually a great question because both classes are a little thin, especially at top. I think when we're talking running backs, there's a couple guys that I think have the possibility of going in that range. Brees Hall from Iowa State, who has some weird um, haters on Twitter, to be honest with you. Um, I think he has the possibility to go in the end of the first round, early second. I think Kyron Williams from Notre Dame has the possibility to go in a similar range for many different reasons. We saw a couple years ago Clyde Edwards Slayer, although probably shouldn't have been, was the first running back off the board and was the lone first round selection two seasons ago in the 2020 NFL draft. And he went over guys like Jonathan Taylor, who has that more of that size profile. He went over guys like DeAndre Swift, who's a, who's a bigger player than him. Uh, JK Dobbins, who has more of that traditional size, 215, 220 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. But Clyde Edwards Hilaire went on top because he had what was perceived to be a more well all around game than the other running backs in the class. So when you're looking at this draft, I have been predicting this, and I still am on this for now. I think Kyron Williams from Notre Dame has a chance to be the first running back off the board, not necessarily because I think he's the best runner of the group, but because when you add in the ability he has as a tough physical runner that breaks a lot of tackles, always finishes forward with his hands that he has being a former wide receiver in high school for a large portion of his high school career and the blocking he has, This is a potential three down back because I think that he has that type of profile. So I think there's one running back that may go in the first round. Is it Brees Hall? Is it Kyron Williams? I think it's probably going to be Kyron Williams, but we'll see. Isaiah Spiller is going to be in the conversation. Everyone wants to make Kenneth Walker from Michigan State into that conversation. I don't personally think that Kenneth Walker is going to be in the first round conversation, but he's a guy that people have been talking about. So could he? We'll see. I'm not 100% sure. But I, uh, at the end of the day, I think there's only a possibility of one running back slipping, uh, sneaking into the first round. Linebackers, on the other hand, I think there's a couple guys that have great seasons that have an opportunity to go in that range. One being N'Kobe Dean from Georgia, who, if you liked Nick Bolton last year, and I did, then you're really going to like N'Kobe Dean. I feel like I did like him a lot in the, in, during the summer. I, I honestly do think that Nick Bolton's a better football player. 
but Nicobe might be more highly valued because he kind of does fit what is what is very what is very wanted in the NFL from the second level defender today. He has really nice instincts in zone, and he has um, some nice quickness, nice uh, explosiveness. So I think that he's a guy that may has a chance to go in the first round. Um, the other guy is Devin Lloyd from Utah, who's in. If we're talking ten years ago, he's the traditional Sam backer who can play. Um, on ball a little bit, could play out in space when we're going to more of a spread look. Like he has kind of that versatility to him. And I think that he's had a really good season for the Utes. So those are the two guys that I think have the possibility. Ultimately, I think it's a push. And I know that's kind of boring for some people because they want an answer to that. But I think at the end of the day, we have one linebacker in the first round. We have one running back in the first round. I don't I don't see two linebackers in the first round. I definitely don't see two running backs in the first round. I think it's a push. If, if you ask me, Who's more likely to not have a player in the first round out of the two positions? I'd probably say running back, honestly, because I think that the line I think that one of those linebackers does have a decent chance going in the first round. So maybe one of the running backs doesn't sneak into the first round, but ultimately I do think it's probably a push for me in terms of the running back versus linebacker first round conversation for next season. Next question we had was from Jack Beach, all American season at 4K Trey with four wise. As has Damone Clark, Damone Clark worked his way to draftable for LSU? Absolutely, yes. Um, in the summer, I was not a fan so much so I will say that I watched a game of his and I stopped watching. I put him on the back burner because I'm like, I don't think this guy is worth a preseason grade right now. Like, I don't think it is. I didn't think that he was a guy that impressed me enough to think next level linebacker, you know, draftable range. He is absolutely draftable. And for what I'm hearing, he could go earlier than expected. Third or fourth round could be a possibility for a guy like Damone Clark because he has had a fantastic season. He's been better in coverage, and he's been fantastic against the run this year. Like, let's just call it what it is. And he's always had the physical profile. He has a big body. He's physically well-built, has some speed to him. Just hadn't put it together. So Damone Clark, I think, has absolute, is absolutely draftable now. The question is how high. Third to fourth round, I think, is very possible for Damone Clark. I'm not fully sold into him because it's still a one-year wonder type of situation, but he's done really well. So give Damone his credit. He's had a great season for LSU. I think he's tied for the nation lead in total tax with 108 right now. So had a really good season. Uh, Tyler Ward asks, top five deep threats in this year's class. Okay, so let me – I'm pulling up the wide receiver list just so I can have some guys that I would consider deep threats on here. Jamison Williams is the first guy from Alabama. I mean, without even looking at any lists would be the guy that I would point to. I mean, he, he's a legitimate 4-3 guy from Alabama, and he is – I think the thing that's really impressive is early on in the season, you're like, okay, cool, man. Like, you can stretch the defense. You've been fantastic working vertically, and, and you've been kind of that home run threat – that you know, Jalen Waddle was and Henry Ruggs was before that. And now we have a guy that is affecting all levels of the field in Jamison Williams. This isn't just a guy now that's just affecting vertically. Like I'm seeing him make plays all over the field. So he would be the top guy if you're asking just pure deep threat, uh, would be a guy that I would look to. I wouldn't really pencil in and Nia Smith. And like, so this is the thing. Garrett Wilson can threaten vertically. Traylon Burks can threaten vertically. Anaya Smith from Texas A&M can threaten vertically. But I don't consider them true, like, deep threats because I think that they're going to be used in roles that are going to kind of use them in some yak situations, in, you know, to create their chunk plays, not necessarily on the deep third of the field. I think Traylon could definitely do it. 
Um, so if you want to classify him as a deep threat, that's fine. But I'm looking for guys that I think are like first and foremost vertical stretch kind of guys. I think a Chris Olave from Iowa State. I'm not a big Chris Olave fan, to be honest with you, and I'm still not. I wasn't in the summer. But if we're talking about a guy that is just a departmentalized supplementary piece as a vertical guy, um, I think that he's going to test relatively well. I would say he's going to run 4-4 low. Uh, or sorry, uh, yeah, 4-4 low. I think 4-4-1-ish, 4-4-3-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. And he's got silkiness to him. He's a good ball tracker down the field. I feel like he is a nice um, nice vertical threat in that in that ballpark. Zay Flowers, to a degree, I also think, though, that he's more of the, like what I'm talking about. Like, he, you're going to try to get him in. Um, you're going to try to get him the ball quickly a lot, too, though. Like, he's not a guy that I just consider just a deep threat. I think probably the biggest guy um, – <clears throat> I didn't have him up on my list, but a guy that I think is pretty solely that is Reggie Roberson, for, uh, Reggie Roberson Jr. from SMU. Now, he's a guy that's been dealing with injuries, but he's another guy that might be a legitimate 4-3 guy. Like, he is that type of dude. The question is, and has always been the question now over the last two years for Reggie, is health. And he's been kind of supplanted by Danny Gray as the number one receiver now for SMU. So I don't know what the outlook's looking like on him, but I will say he is absolutely, in my opinion, a guy that, if he's healthy, can definitely stretch the field, and that'll be his main calling card at the next level, at least early on. Romeo Dubs is a guy from Nevada, a little bit of a longer athletic guy, but he tracks the football extremely well. I wish the hands would be a little more consistent, but I think that he is definitely a guy that can test the the, uh, the length of the field. And then the last guy I'll kind of throw out there is Calvin Austin the third from Memphis. He's a smaller guy, listed at 5'8 and a half, um, 162 pounds, so he's very tiny, but he's a legit 4'4 kid that really works the, the vertical level of the field very well. So <clears throat> excuse me, definitely a guy for me that is going to have that role early um, in the NFL. Um, maybe he won't be a high volume getter, but I think that he's a guy that will definitely um, garner a role as a deep threat. I then had Pouncy 2.0 at S, uh, Steel underscore Curtain underscore ask, where do you think the Steelers go with their first round pick? I think they're in a tough situation, to be honest. Because I do think that at some point you need to figure out what is the quarterback situation. Ben is, if I, I think he's out. I think he announced that he was out. But if not, man, like he is struggling. Like he need they need to get a guy in that building. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's going to be a guy in that range. Like I love the Carson Strong fit in in Pittsburgh because I think that he really fits what they want to do. They've kind of changed philosophically what they usually like to do working the vertical portions of the field. But I think that he is definitely a guy that would do well in Pittsburgh if the, uh, if the, if the ownership and the coaching and kind of the philosophy stays what they traditionally like to do in Pittsburgh. And that is play in a vertical based offense. I think that Carson Strong would be a good fit. Um, But I think that they are at a point right now where like, it's great to get your quarterback, but like, I still think offensive line is such a massive needs. Like a core for it left tackle is just not good right now. They've had, you know, Zach Banner at right tackle who's had injuries off and on. And, you know, is Kevin Dotson the long-term guy at guard? And, and I looks like they might have their future center and Kendrick green, but like, I don't know, man, like there's holes all over that offensive line. So I almost feel like they need to take care of the offensive line more than quarterback, which is going to put you in a tough situation because, like, what's the quarterback going to look like? And I understand it's not 
assumed great quarterback class at the top. So like maybe you can find, try to find a gamble on a guy on day two. I mean, that's always a tough gamble because at the end of the end of the day, quarterbacks are going to go early. Like it's going to happen. EJ Manuel went top 15. I think people say, always say like in that class, like, Oh, a quarterback didn't go to 15, but it's such an important position that EJ Manuel literally went top 15. So it's always going to be a conversation, I think, for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year specifically. Like, what is the future of the quarterback position? But I think that they are for, their hand is forced. They need to fix this offensive line. They absolutely need to. Like, it is a top priority, in my opinion. So it needs to happen. I think that that is the, the main concern if I was a supporter of the Steelers is getting that offensive line in some type of fix. So, like, who you know, who are we talking about? Guys like – Kenyon Green, Charles Cross. I, I think Kenyon Green, the ability to play multiple positions, like the Steelers have holes in a couple different spots. So having a guy like that, maybe maybe a Darian Kennard, maybe if you're maybe if you trade back a little bit, like I think that could be a potential guy. Um, I think that Ikem Mokwanu could be a guy that could potentially play a couple different spots. I like him better inside a guard, but if you're looking for your true left tackle, guy like Charles Cross makes a ton of sense. I think Sean Ryan from UCLA makes a ton of sense. If you get into the range where you can draft Evan Neal, I think that makes a ton of sense because if he's not a true left tackle at the next level, he's a right tackle, he's played at a guard, he gives you some some alignment versatility, some positional flexibility. So, guy definitely to take a look at there. I had Chuck and Dots at Chuck McBride 21 asked, thoughts on a quill glass that is a quarterback out of Alabama A&M. So, I do work for College Gridiron Showcase which um, I will tell you, Aquil Glass was the first guy that I wanted to invite from the quarterback. Now, we're talking about guys for the College Ground Showcase that are more day three, four through seven into the UBFA range, but I really like Aquil's opportunity to, to stick at the next level as a backup quarterback because he is a guy that is listed six foot three and seven eights verified this, this spring, 228 pounds, has played a ton of football, man. Like, his, he's a three-year heavy starter, including the COVID year. Um, and he's had a ton of reps. He has gotten better and better each and every season uh, for Alabama A&M. So I am a big Aquil Glass guy for a guy that is going to stick at the next level. Do I think he's going to be a starter? Probably not. But I do think that he's a guy that's going to make you feel happy about your backup quarterback option because I think that he has a strong arm. I think that he is very – I think he's very comfortable in his own skin. I think sometimes quarterbacks get out of their comfort zone and they're just they don't play their game. I think Aquil Glass's game is very easy to understand. He's a cerebral kid who understands from from pre snap to post snap and making adjustments on the fly. And he is comfortable running his offense and he he just never seems to panic, which I really respect in Aquil Glass. So I think that he has an opportunity to stick. Had Steven. At Viking King 888 asks, what round do you see Jared Patterson getting drafted? I still think there's a chance he gets drafted in the, in the late first round. I think it's possible because Jared Patterson has been very good for three years. Um, now starting at center, he's got size to him at 6'4 and a half, uh, 310 pounds, somewhere in that ballpark. And he's a guy that, for me, is one of the better pass blocking centers to come out in a few years. I compare him to Alex Mack. Like, I think that that's what he is. Is he the greatest people mover in the run game? No, but I think in his zone-heavy scheme, he can get away with it. And I think that he has a profile, a frame, that can put on a substantial amount of weight and can get to that point. So I do really like Jared Patterson. I think safe, I would say he's a early day two pick. I would say that he's a second rounder. But don't be surprised if he goes late first because, again, the pedigree matters. Three-year starter at Notre Dame, you've played a lot of snaps. 
You're a center, which is obviously a very important position outside of the tackles, the most important position on the offensive line. So I think Jared Patterson still has a chance to be a top 50 pick. I really do, even though um, – and it's it's funny because, you know, the, the state of the offensive line in Notre Dame right now is bad. But if you watch the film, Jared Patterson has been pretty good. He's been a good football player for Notre Dame this year, and he's actually had probably a better year than he did in 2020. It's just the fact of like the parts around him are not as not as great. So early on in the season, he was pressing a little bit. He was trying to make up for guys' mistakes. Right now, he's doing his job and he's playing good football. So I'm a big fan of Jared Patterson. I think he's got a shot. Next question: We have a house divided at Vikes and Pack. Asks, what are your thoughts on David Bell? Wide receiver, of course, from Purdue. David Bell for me, 6'2", 205 listing. There's zero chance he is six foot two. I would say he's probably six one, maybe. Like he might be six foot and five eighths. Like I think that's probably more of his ballpark number. The things I love about David Bell, he's very crafty. He understands how to uncover latent reps. He tracks the football exceptionally well, and he has outstanding body control and hands through contact and down the field. He does some phenomenal things, some really exciting things. Honestly, my problem is I don't think he's a dynamic, a dynamic athlete. I don't think he's super flexible. I think he's going to struggle to create, create consistent separation. He's a guy for me that I think is a secondary option. Um, there is an outside chance that he develops eventually into a guy like a Robert Woods. And I think that that's very slim chance because I think that there are some similarities to him, uh, to Robert, um, sorry, Robert Woods coming out of USC. Like I see some similarities there, but I, I honestly think that Robert Woods is just a little better of an athlete than him. So I think that it was a little more translatable to say like, Hey, eventually he could be a better route runner. It could be there. I think David Bell is what he is, but what he is, I think, is a good football player. And so I think that he's a guy that's going to be a 50 to 60 catch a year guy, a 700 to 850, 900 receiver. Like, I don't think he's a thousand yard consistent guy. Like, I don't see that, but I think what he does is admirable. And I think what he does is can be a big part of an offense if used correctly. So, like David Bell, I just think that some people need to kind of waver the, the expectations there because I think he's a good football player. Um, definitely it has a compartmentalized role, but I don't know if he is quite the separator enough for me to say like high volume getter at the next level. I don't know if I personally see that, uh, Joel man at Joel's man. Nice. Nice. Um, asked, what are some receiver prospects you could see rising up draft boards? I think, I think I hit on one earlier. Like, I mean, if you ask me who's the biggest riser of the wide receiver group so far, it's, I mean, it's easily Jamison Williams. Like the guy went from a a guy that could barely get on the field for Ohio state and was going to be the fourth receiver this year with how talented that room is to a first round pick. Some people think he'd be the first guy taken. I, and I don't, I wouldn't doubt it because I just think that he has unteachables that like NFL teams are going to value. Like why did Henry Ruggs go before Jerry Judy? Cause he's fast because he has the speed element. Um, that's just always going to work to their favor. So I think that he has that unteachable trait that a lot of teams are really going to like. Another guy that I feel has risen already to this degree and will continue is Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. Now I will, and point blank period on this one, 
I am not in on Will Levis, a quarterback. I'm not. He is just way too inaccurate for my for my liking. He's a first-year player, so like, hey, go back to school. Maybe I changed my opinion. But like for the people that are hyping him up to some wet in this quarterback class, give me a break, man. Like, give me a break. He is just way too inconsistent. Who is consistent, though, is Wondell Robinson from Kentucky. <laughs> his wide receiver, man. He is good. He's very good. Of course, he's Nebraska transfer. Was kind of used more as a gadget player at Nebraska, kind of a hybrid running back wide receiver. And he could do those running back things because he is sturdy built. He's physical. I think some people are going to try to bring the Kadarius Tony kind of conversation to him. And, and he does play a little bit like Kadarius. So, like, I respect it. What he's developed as a receiver a ton this year, man. Like, working all levels of the field, working from the slot. But, like, I've seen him outside too, as winning a bunch down the field. Like, I really like Wandale, and he's a yak guy at worst at the next level and gets some of those gadget things. So, I, I like Wandale. Let's just leave it at that. Um, how much I will kind of, you know, show as as the as the uh, podcast does move on and uh, the draft process does move on. So, want to thank everybody. This was fun. Um, working through some of the mailbags. We'll have David back next week to hopefully continue to talk 2022 NFL draft. Like I said, David doesn't like to stray into the 2022 talk this early into the season. But I thank you all for joining me today on Maps Sports Take episode 64. We'll be back same time, same place next week. If you give me a like, a share, a subscription, a review, we would really appreciate it on any podcast platform that you can imagine. Thank you all so much. Hope everybody has a great week. We'll see you next week, Tuesday, 8.30 Eastern time. Everybody have a great one. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.